0: Welcome to our Frontline City Church Podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. What is today, did we say? All right. We're going to share on the vision of Frontline and where we're going. We can maybe switch on the lights inside the auditorium. Yeah, so if people need to look up scriptures or so, just to make sure that I'm not just talking from Hannes 1 verse 1. There is a a Bible um, book like Johannes, but that's not that I didn't write it. Okay, so let me share some principles on the kingdom of God first. Because before we speak about what is Frontline's role within the kingdom, we need to understand the kingdom. Okay? Frontline is not the kingdom of God. Frontline is part of the kingdom of God. So we have to make it clear first what is the kingdom of God? And we'll start in Genesis 15 and verse 5 to 7, where God speaks to Abraham. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Now since then, man has been working on things to look up into the sky. Telescopes were first very simple and long things, and then they've become more electronic, and eventually they're sending things up like the Hubble and the Webb telescopes to count the stars, to see what is what. Since the day of Abraham, man has been looking up at the stars, and he said, so shall your offspring be. And this is the word of God towards mankind, always about the kingdom of God. It is growing and it is expanding. Amen. The Amen. heavenly realm, the universe, has been expanding at the speed of light since the day Jesus said, let there be light. Amen. And it's just growing, fast, growing bigger, faster than what we can look and count What we can currently see. So that means it is progressive. And so any vision about the kingdom of God is, it is progressive. It is growing. It's changing. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So not the stuff that he did made his entry into heaven. The fact that he believed God When he said, I'm going to do something big through you. That is the kingdom of God. And in Matthew 11 and verse 12, Jesus says, And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize that is sought with ardent zeal and intense exertion. So can I just sit at home on Sundays and watch a bit of a service and think I'm going to get the kingdom of God? It has to be, it is taken by force by violent men. Maybe say to somebody, I'm a violent person. And I don't mean you have to be violent to other people. But you have to pursue what God has said to you with all you have. You can't just sit around and wait for God to do it. Can we read that again and we make it part of our own? And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men cease it by force. If you want to know what God has for you, you have to take it. You have to run after it. You have to pursue it. With an ardent zeal and intense exertion. The word of God that goes out from the churches today is a comfortable word. Don't rustle my feathers. Preach a word that makes me feel good about me and makes me feel good about my family, and just tickle my fancy. But God is saying, I'm looking for a different group of people. I'm looking for somebody that has a different spirit. I'm looking for somebody that is pursuing it like a prize, and counting it all joy. You know, um, men never ran a mile faster than four minutes. And doctors did a study and say it's impossible for man to run a mile in under four minutes. And a group of guys got together and saying, we are going to beat it. I forget their names now. But they took months and they trained and trained and trained and they just couldn't break it. It was always four minutes and a few seconds. Whatever they did, doesn't matter how many hours they put in, they couldn't break it. When they gave up, sort of like on the vision, they went mountain climbing. Something completely out of practicing for a run. And when they came back, they all broke the four-minute mile. Because they did something different. They practiced different muscles. Today, the Olympic entry to just partake in the Olympics is way below four minutes. Every single person that partakes in that distance has to break it if you want to operate on a world level. So thousands did it afterwards, but it took some people to break what the norm was, to break the mold that was said men cannot do it. Yes, they've got better shoes, and yes, they've got a couple of changes, but it's still a human being that is running, but the moment they saw somebody else do it, they believed it became possible. And that is how the kingdom of God is. Matthew 6 says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then Jesus taught us to pray. He said, pray that the kingdom comes. With other words, it's not automatically there. Jesus wouldn't ask us to pray it if it was automatic. Dad, <laughs> Jesus said to us, Come on, guys, as your daily prayer, pray that the kingdom of God comes. In other words, pray that the kingdom of God comes into your life, your family, your community, your church, your country. And if you put those two, Matthew 11 and Matthew 6, together, the one he says pray for it and the other he says take it by force, then you realize prayer is not enough and effort is not enough. Two has to come together and do something. Matthew 25. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, you favored of God and appointed to eternal salvation, inherit as your own the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The kingdom where Jesus is Lord and everything works out and the will of God is the nature is destined for us from the beginning of the earth. From long before you were born, God allocated and favored us with that option. And the people sit at home and saying, well, I'm not stepping out. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if it's for me. I think it's for others. And Jesus says, it's been predestined to you since the beginning. And the favor of God and appointed eternal salvation, inherit, receive, expect it. Colossians 1 and verse 13. So I'm just going through some scriptures on the kingdom so that we understand how the kingdom of God works. Now, this is an important scripture. Verse 13 of Colossians 1. The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself. Let's just stop there for a second. Oh, I pray this prayer a lot that God would draw. I can't do the drawing, I can do the inviting. I can do the preparation for a place, but I can't do the drawing. It is up to God. Um, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness. So part of salvation is a setting free from the power of Satan. Part of stepping into the kingdom is a change, is a place Where God breaks the chains. We sing about the chains being broken. And when you're stepping into the kingdom, something shifts. So God not only draws us, but He delivers us. Okay? He's delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So you're operating in a new kingdom... When you give your life to Christ. You can't stay the same. You're not subject to the same fleshly desires and fleshly stuff as you submit to Him. Now, why is it got so quiet? When we sing out here, send me, and the answer is yes. It includes that I'm willing to go through the process. It includes that I'm submitting myself To this drawing out of who I am into somebody I'm not. Got quiet, yeah. Luke 12. Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to do it, He's excited about you. He's excited about doing it for you. Hallelujah. Hey, Are you ready for it? Yes. Oh. Hebrews 12. Since we're receiving an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights His heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. I'm sorry, you can't lay down your life if you're not filled with awe. If you are not filled with wonder about who God is, then you're laying your life down in the flesh. Because you're trying to manipulate something. You're trying to get something done. But Isaiah said in chapter 6, I am undone. And this is he was filled with awe. And then you lay down your life and you say, God, start to use me because I understand that in the worship, it is a form of delight in what God has done. And that is what we want to see tonight. We're going to worship here. And I really pray that that stays the center of what Frontline is. It isn't the, what we're going to speak about just now, about stuff we're going to do and stuff we're going to reach. But if we're not filled with awe, if we are not filled with surrender, if we are not offering the purest form of worship, then everything else is a waste of time. Oh, we are in this unshakable kingdom. We sang, if we're poor or we're wealthy, I'll worship you just the same. Unfortunately, a kingdom And current ministry has led to Christians that said, I'll serve God for what He's doing for me. And if He doesn't bless me, then I'm not serving Him. What ridiculous things it is. God has done so much just by His Son dying for you on the cross. Whatever else is happening is a bonus. He has already given you eternal life, and that is enough. If He doesn't heal me and He doesn't give me blessings and He makes me suffer on earth, it is okay because it's a short time of suffering and a long term of blessing. And nothing can shake that. We're not serving God for what He can do for us. Oh, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20, and then I'm finishing off this section of the sermon. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. And His power wants to operate in your life. His power wants to be functional in who you are. His power wants to take you from where you are into another place. Sure, sure. Do we have an idea now about the kingdom of God? Amen. Do we understand a little bit about how great it is? Imagine Abraham, who didn't have one child when God spoke to him. And he said, Look up at the sky. Look up. Count the stars if you can. If he started counting then, he would still be counting today. He wouldn't have got an answer yet. That is what God's promise is to each of us. That I'm going to do something through you that is much greater and that's uncalculable. It's incalculable what God wants to do for you. But we discount ourselves. We say, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I've messed up too much. But God is saying, I've taken your past and I've put it there. Your future is the kingdom of God. Your future is what I have for you. So now I want to bring it home a little bit and talk about the vision of Frontline. And I can't tell you that this was the most difficult sermon for me to prepare ever. I was prepared early in the week already with 99% of it, and that it is a thing that I have laid down before God again and again and again and say, God, if one little bit of this is not of you, then I don't want to speak it. But I'm going to share with you what I believe God has said to me at a time that I'm not at the highest point of my life. At a time when I'm going through some challenges, God speaks and He ignores how I'm feeling and He ignores what's happening in my life and He speaks something completely different. So Frontline is an inclusive, growing church that touches the nations based on four pillars. So we just want you to understand that there's four things that makes Frontline, Frontline. So we're not a broken building like that, but it's the best photo that we had that could show that if any one of these don't work, the whole thing will collapse. So the first one is the presence of God. If we build anything outside of the presence of God, we're building for nothing. So worship will always be at the center of what we build. Apostle Nicky that we follow and who's the father for us says, If you don't love the presence of God more than any other aspect of ministry, you shouldn't be in ministry. You have to love the presence of God. And we will keep on pursuing worship that takes people into a place where everything else becomes vague and wasted away, and it's only you and God, where you don't know if the lights are on or the lights are off. You don't know if the music is loud or soft. You don't know if others are sitting or standing. All you know is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is what we're pursuing, and tonight we will be pursuing that very thing. The second pillar that is so important for us and Pastor Wendy ministered on that just now, is that everybody is welcome. Church cannot be church in South Africa if you're only ministering to one group of people. We have an inclusive community. Everybody is welcome and everybody is called. That is the pillar number two that we stand upon. The third pillar is the supernatural power of God has to be experienced and taught. We cannot come here with needs, and you leave with that same need, and God hasn't touched you. What's the point of church? Then the kingdom of God is just a lot of words. There's no power in it. And I believe that church needs to show the power of God on a daily basis, on a Sunday basis. Every time you encounter God, you have to see His power. And that's why we do testimonies, because I want everybody to know that God wants to be involved in your life in a powerful way. And I believe, God, that we will see healings. We will see guys getting out of wheelchairs. We will see people that walk in like this walk out straight. We will see people walking here with cancer walk out free, because the power of God is there. Wherever the kingdom of God is preached, the power of God must change people. Number four is kingdom living. And that includes two sections. It includes a process to becoming holy and a process walking into victory. Some people just like focusing on the victory. Okay, all my problems are going to disappear and I'm going to be okay. But God lays his finger on something that you must deal with and you ignore him and say, God, I want a new car. And God says, but what about this? And you say, no, but Lord, give me a new house. I believe God in the supernatural provision with all of my life, and I've bet my whole life upon that. But I also believe that kingdom living means that there's a continual development of you as a person, and a continual change of who you are. Okay. Our church's motto is, be loved, find your purpose, and reach your destiny. other words, what Jesus just said to us just now is there's a drawing process when we spoke about the kingdom, and then there's a process of delivering you from darkness, and then there's a process of sending the three pillars of what we stand on. Can we run that video just for that section? a church if we don't love. Part of being into the kingdom is reaching out and finding where do you fit in? What is your purpose in this place? And reaching your destiny is when we say, send me, God. It's that there's a consistent and total time where God is reaching out and sending us out. The vision is progressive. In other words, yes, right now we're focusing on carpets here. It's like the next step. But that's not the vision. The vision is consistently growing bigger and bigger, just like the stars, just like the universe. God is all the time showing more and more. The vision is way outside of this building or any other campus that we might build. It is... Out there in the community, as Pastor Wendy preached so well earlier on, is that our church cannot be about our church. Our church is about everything outside. Evangelize, equip, and send is how Apostle Nikki puts their vision together. And that's the same as what ours is just saying, a little bit differently. Evangelize, always reach out and touching people, then equip you for kingdom living. And ultimately send you that stays the center of what we're gonna run. Now we're gonna just run a little bit of a more of the sorry, before that. The motto that we will take us into the next one is a very simple one. Each one, reach one. Saying I can reach one person in the next year for Jesus. That's all that God requires. Not for you to stand on a stadium and minister to a million. God is just requiring of you to reach one person a year. Can you do that? Each one, reach one. Let's. God is stirring us to a bold and crazy, limitless place that is not contained in these four walls, that is not contained to this what we see before us right now. Everything in the kingdom of God expands. Everything in the kingdom of God grows. A big God cannot be contained in a small vision. Okay, let's go to for a little bit of detail. Our first vision is evangelism vision, is to continual growth. We're an oak tree that is growing itself, but we are also producing new trees. We're not just growing one big church. We're starting a forest. We are seeing God move in many places and many ways all over the place. In this week, a pastor contacted me in Malawi. He says, I've got 45 churches that relate to me. But nobody is caring for me. Nobody's fathering me. Nobody is seeing if I'm okay. Would you mind being my father? Wow. And I said, God, what qualifies me to be a father to somebody that has 45 churches? But if that's what you're calling me to do, I'll be there. And I'll take it up and I'll start ministering to him. And I'll make sure he's cared for because if that leader is okay, then the churches that he cares for is okay. Continual growth. We're an oak tree that is growing and producing trees. Daily and weekly services, home sales, coffee and prayer, but a continual process of outreach. Monthly worship evenings with the goal of getting closer to God. Bimonthly monthly visiting speakers with specific anointings to fulfill the vision. Events yearly and six monthly conferences and outreaches. Big noise events, visible beyond the normal. Our first big conference will be in May next year. Then our current building reach will be finished and we are going to have a massive conference on the first of May. Uh, We moved in here. We said, come what may, we'll be in here 1st of May. Now I say, come what may, we will have a conference on the 1st of May. And we will make a big noise event and make sure it affects our whole community. Okay? Pastoral vision is just caring for the sheep, according to John 21. God asked one question of John, do you love me? And if I go around the room and I ask you, do you love Jesus? I don't think anybody would say no. If you do say no, I'll give you a chance to repent. Just (laughs) now. Get ready. But God just went around and he asked one question. He said, do you love me? And then he said, if you love me, care for my sheep. Feed my sheep. It is imperative that our love turns into action. You cannot sit and say, I love Jesus and not care for anyone. Because if you throw one piece of the Bible out, you must throw everything of the Bible out. And God asked John, and he's asking that question of frontline today: Do you love me? And John got heart sore because God kept on asking the same question. Three times. Well, do you love me? Didn't you hear the first time that I'm answering? But he asked him three times so that it can get through his thick skull and through our skulls. That his question of love for him always turned into love for his people. Mm -hmm. Care for the sheep according to John 21. Build up shepherds who will plant and care for cells and churches all over South Africa, Africa and the world. God is going to build up people here that will plant and establishes churches all over Joburg, all over South Africa. Already we have churches that relate to us in many parts of South Africa. But that is going to explode over the next year as we specifically pursue it. Watch this space for that happening. The Jethro principle was when Moses was trying to do it all himself, and he wasn't managing because there was a queue of people waiting to see him, and he couldn't see all of them. There wasn't enough daylight hours Jethro came, his father-in-law said, appoint others to help you. Those who care for 10, those who care for 50, those who care for 100, and those who care for 1,000. And God is going to appoint in this place many that are going to care for the 10s and 50s and 100s and for the thousands. Raise up leaders, train up leaders, and challenge leaders. It doesn't help if I train you, but I don't get you to go out. constant caring frontline has to be a place that somehow gets to the hurting and the broken and the challenged and the stretched and those that don't have answers for life and say to them I'm here to introduce you to a God that can solve your problem I can't solve your problem but I can introduce you to the one who can I can take you by the hand and say to you, come and meet my friend Jesus. He's going to get you through this. And sometimes all it takes is a little phone call or a WhatsApp or something to say God knows what you're going through. We have thousands of testimonies of just one little word going out and somebody's life being changed. Love is the backbone of the pastoral vision of Frontline. Keep on asking God for a love for his members. Don't look around. Oh, well, that one didn't greet me, and that one didn't wear the right dress, and that one did this. Keep on saying, God, give me your love. 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 Because we can't do this if we don't have love. So from the pastoral vision, I move on to the apostolic vision for this church. Father, the church of Frontline To create a safe place for people to grow in Christ while being cared for. We have to create a space where you can develop. If you've been in this church for two or three years and you haven't changed, I repent, come and tell me and I'll I'll work on it. Because I want to see you change. Father, the pastors and leaders in Frontline to become world changers. For the church leaders in South Africa to strengthen the church to reach into the forgotten communities. Walking alongside and raising up the church in South Africa. Helping establish new churches. A mom and I have been in ministry for a while. We can write a book on how not to do it. And because of that, we have the ability to walk into pastors that are struggling and lock arms with them and stand by them and encourage the pastors, because pastors in this country is broken after COVID. This weekend, even a friend of mine closed the church. I wish I could have been there more for him. I wish I could have stood with him and seen him through this time. But God has called us to say, walk with the pastors of this world. Stand by them. Be, them. Be there for them. Tried to see him recently and it didn't work out. Maybe things would have been different if I somehow made more effort to make sure I saw him. Broken, messed up. Because the church destroyed them. God is calling us and he's calling frontline to release us to operate in that apostolic role. And stand with pastors and lock arms with them and say, hey, you're going to get through this. It might be tough for a day or two. It might be difficult, but the word of God is still true in your life. God didn't bring you this far to let you go. Oh, my word. Sorry. (laughs) These things are close to my heart. Father, church leaders in South Africa, to strengthen the church, to reach into the forgotten communities, walking alongside and raising up the church in South Africa, helping establish new churches. There will be new front lines opening up across South Africa. Mm -hmm. Walking with Africa, Jesus Africa, could grow the outreach to where it is a global organization. Africa, Jesus Africa. Freddie, and the rest of the team. God has put an anointing on you, and God is putting accelerator into your vehicles. God is doing something new and something great. Expect miracles in Africa, Jesus Africa. And global support to churches who want to affiliate with a focus on Africa. Regular mission trips, and then things like we do, like this Monday night is Limitless Wealth, where we try and stand with businesses in an apostolic role and say, let us carry the business people through because you will have to be the employers of the future. You will have to be the ones that supply into the future. And God is anointing us in that area. Mom has a ministry called Women of Valor where she will stand with women that have faced odds that are beyond facing and raise them up to become powerful people in the kingdom of God. The third area, teaching goals. Teaching and knowledge of the word is the anchor for all of the above. You know, if you only operate in the anointing, if you only operate in the blessing, but you're not taught and stuck to the word of God, you're going to miss it. That's why our VIP journey is so critical for me, that people keep on, not just do the first one or two, but keep on growing and growing and growing, And become qualified to be sent. Teaching is an incredibly important part because so many Christians have become flaky because they're not teaching the word of God. They're teaching some man doctrine and some stuff. And they're just focusing on the Holy Spirit. And it's wonderful what the Holy Spirit does. But you need to anchor it in the word. Otherwise, you're going to run yourself into trouble. You cannot operate on the anointing outside of the word of God you will get into deep trouble. So teaching and short courses and things are critically important to us. As any person who operates in a leader in this church, I expect you to once a year take leave and go to the Fivefold Ministries International's course and spend three or four days under training so that you can have a fresh word to give to those for the next year. I expect Frontline to lock itself in the word And make sure we are focused on what the word is going on. God is building a picture. An exquisite picture. Using us as puzzle pieces. Find your place, people. Every puzzle piece is shaped differently. Because it has a specific place to fit in. And the corner piece, can't mount the piece in the middle because it doesn't have straight edges. You have to be what God has made you to be because he's got a place where you fit in. And God is building a picture of Frontline and he's building a picture of his whole kingdom. And Frontline is a puzzle piece in the kingdom. And we are pieces within the Frontline's picture. And the picture is not finished. There's space for many more. God is building a picture. Okay? Now, let's try and take these things that we've done and take it to a bit of what does it mean. Everything in nature grows except if it's dead. If you have a tree, it falls over and it starts growing again there. As long as there's some life left in it. The gardeners, yeah, and those with green fingers will know. Mom and I don't really have green fingers in the garden. But everything, if there's a little bit of life left in it, you get it in and it grows. And it grows and it reproduces. Okay? No plant will just stay one plant. If it starts to seed, it will drop to others. And you'll see a little forest around it. You're either growing in size or in number. We're not trying to build this one massive church. We are trying to build many new churches. While the tree is growing, there will be other little trees around it growing up with it. Okay? If I've got to be real, our church has stayed just below 100 for the last five years. Waves are coming and going, but not breaking through that 100. And obviously COVID had a big effect on that. And a semi-church split just before COVID. But we've stayed around that 100. But our previous premises had limitations things, and things we believe that this premises does not have those same limitations this premises is now the time to break out of this um, we can seat about hundred and fifty people here if we open up to the side there as we plan to do we can do about 200 and maybe extend it to the back another hundred but <coughs> this building won't go much more than 200 to 250 in its current way so We have plans up for a new building. It's at the back there if you want to look in the frame. We believe that within two to three years, we will build a new facility on this premises that will seat around about 500 people. We're not just building it because we think it's a good idea. We're not building it because we want to build a monument, but because we believe God is going to send in people in here as we each one does the simple thing of reaching one person a year okay so in your first while that you come it's easy when you get here and you're excited about frontline I can pick on Priscilla she came and she was here for a few days and she brought her children and then they brought others and you saw it was quite easy in the beginning but later on it gets a bit more difficult Later on, you have to actually make a point of going out to evangelize, joining the coffee and prayer thing, to saying, I want to reach a person for this year. So as we stand here at the end of July 2022, I want you to make a note in the sand for yourself and saying, before July 2023, somebody's going to be sitting next to me. Somebody's going to be sitting here that I've brought in. If we just do that, Everybody here brings one more person. We will double in size. So this year, between July 2022 until July 2023, who's in for trusting God to bring one person in? Okay? Can I make it our goal to say each one reach one? Is it possible? Okay? So already we're going to double and we're gonna scarcely fit in here within one year if we do that so I would if we do that for one year and we do it the following year again where do we go with the people right so new building has to be up in two years time okay or we can go to double services we have a plan that can delay it a little bit but I believe and I truly believe this that each of us can bring one person in the next year. If we don't know any friends and we've got no more family to bring and they don't want to come, then we go out in the highways and the byways. We go onto the corners. We walk down the street with tracks. Whatever we have to do, but we will reach one person each in the next year. That's what I'm asking your frontline. Show us the numbers as if, if we do that, what's going to happen? If we are one year from now, we can be double. We can be 200 people. Okay, and the following year? And what happens after that? Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And all it is, is one person a year. Okay, 10 years from now, 100,000 people, if we can just stick to the rule of each one or each one per year. Let's forget about anything beyond 2025 for now, because it scares, I think, most of us a little bit. But every year will be scary if your aim is to double in that year. So it's not like the, to go from 50,000 to 100,000 isn't more scary than to go from 100 to 200. Because it's the same principle. So if you want to save time, just bring 10 people this year, then you're done for 10 years. <laughs> okay? What happens when God starts to work? He starts adding. Like people like this pastor that I never ministered to in Malawi. Just say, has 45 churches. And if that starts happening regularly, then the 100,000 isn't ridiculous. When the one guy brings a 1,000 people, then it's very possible. <coughs> Sorry, I don't want us to focus on the 100,000. I just want us to understand... That the kingdom of God is progressive. The kingdom of God never stays the same. The kingdom of God is always moving forward. Put us a photo up of what it looks like when a lot of people are together. Okay, that is 65,000 people. And you can only see a little bit of them now. It is the passion where 65,000 people were together in the Mercedes stadium. It just goes up on the sides a lot. So I cannot imagine what 100,000 will look like. Look at that. Look at that. So we can imagine and start believing like Abraham did. It said it was counted to him as righteousness when he believed God, when he said, I'm going to do something phenomenal through you. Does that make sense? This is not me. I can't do this. It needs each one to bring one every single year for 10 years. Can we have the video of the, the next video? This is, I believe, what God is doing in our place. He's lifting the little and just letting it come and grow in a bit of chaos and a bit of a mess. Um, when growth comes to the level that I'm expecting, I am expecting a bit of a mess. I'm expecting God lifting the little front line. Just believe with me. Maybe do it. Say, God, lift the little front line. Anything that might have stopped our growth for the last few years, just lift it off and let it just flow and pop and bubble and increase and do more than what we've ever imagined not because we want to say we have a big church, but the only way our country can be saved is if we can fill up this place with people. Our church must be a light on the hill. The church must become a role model to other churches, not only to those that are affiliated to us, but others in the area and the country and the world must say, I see God moving, and I want to do it like them. If we take the church in Reading, Bethel, a small town, And half of the town is in church. And people are coming from across the world to attend there. Why? Because they have the presence of God. No other reason. Bill Johnson isn't the greatest, most charismatic person we know. All it is. One thing is he took and he started believing God. And he started pushing in for an anointing on his worship. And it has affected millions across the world. And set the standard for so many. And we are part of a movement with Apostle Nicky, if any of you watch some of him this week, in Faith Week, that he carried such a heavy, what they call the kabot presence of God, the heaviness and the intricate things of God, and it's just changing a city. Pastor Andre built the dome in his London. Again, not the most charismatic person I know, Pastor Andre, but he's got a vision and he believes God, and he trusts God. And God stepped in and built a massive faith dome in his London. Man, his London, compared to Randburg, ritterport is truly a slum city. It's truly a difficult city to have it done. But God did it, and did an incredible work, because a man took the times of believing God. And even though he was stuck for two years out of South Africa, the vision still grew in South Africa. The vision still grew. And just what they achieved in the kingdom of God this last week, I mean, there's tons of things on YouTube for you to watch. If you ever have a moment, just search Faith Revival 4.0. And it's just amazing to see. I think it's a 2,000 square meter place with a huge circular Pulpit in the middle, uh, a stage in the middle, and a stage on the side for the team. And the stage turns around slowly while you're busy preaching. Right? Okay? So you start preaching here, when you end up, you're preaching to this side. Okay. Incredibly beautiful. But it took years of faith. I remember before we moved into 60 Yuan Road, Pastor Andrea just bought that building, and it was a mess. It's an ugly, ugly building. Mom and I have been there in 2014 and I thought how can anybody think this can be church not much worse than ours when we first walked in here and we stood there he started sharing the vision with us in the lounge and we thought wow this is big and a couple of weeks later I was watching him on TV It's about 10 o'clock in the evening and he said every pastor who is believing for their own premises stand up now God wants to speak to you I jumped out of bed and I stood there in my pajamas, and he prayed over a premises. Within weeks, we were in 60 year road. And this week, there in, faith, in East London, I felt that same anointing for property all over the place. Um, one of the testimonies from that week is that houses were paid off for people while they're sitting in the congregation. Millions of rands worth of houses, they just get the SMS, okay, your house is paid. A pastor got sown a church facility worth 20-odd million rand just while he's sitting there. Now, that kind of move is happening in South Africa. Are we going to be part of it or are we going to watch it happen? Are we going to be at the front line of it or are we going to be at the back of it? Oh... Our church must be a light on the hill, a church that becomes a role model to other churches, not only to those that affiliate to us, but to others in the area, country, and the world. This is important for me. A place where love and excellence meets. A place where love and excellence meets. Sometimes to love, you must oversee some things that are wrong just because you love and sometimes when you push for excellence you don't care if you hurt people but I'm pushing for excellence we have to combine those two and saying we are a place where excellence and love meets so that everybody can experience everything that God has for them it has to reflect our supernatural God young people must be nurtured and trained to change their generation we have to hand over the baton 10 years' time, Mom and I are 65, and by that time we must have handed over the baton. <laughs> everybody is called, and everybody must be sent. If you've said yes to Jesus, doesn't matter if you are a member of Frontline or not, but if you've said yes to Jesus, you are called to change this generation. The mission vision. Let's talk about where our missions were today. I'm getting there, promise guys. Okay. Show us some photos please of the mission. We want to reach out to the whole of Africa. From there. There's just some of the things where Freddie has gone out to listen to and all of his teams have gone with and they've built a church out there so many times, so many was fed. And so much has happened, and that's just a small part, but missions is an integral part of Frontline, It will always be part of who we are. Amen. Amen. Oh, look at that. A people that had no hope when we started going there in 2013. And I haven't been there as often as I would have liked, but the team has somehow instilled hope into that place send 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 is the word of god empower prepare and send all over the world africa first asia and then the rest of the world regular trips to strengthen churches mom and i are believing to go on september again go visit about six churches in the southern and western cape and believe God for a mighty change. Regular trips to strengthen churches. If we can strengthen the leaders, we will reach the multitudes. I might not be able to hug every person in the broken communities of our country, but I can get to the leaders and I can strengthen them. And God has given us an incredible love for the broken and forgotten communities. Most of you won't even know where that is. It's a little town between the Northern Cape and the Free State. Mom and I drove in there February last year. And there was somebody standing behind a derelict bank. I think it might have been a standard bank, but it had no more roof on it. There was nothing left of the town. And this young man followed us with his eyes as we drove in. And his eyes cried out, help us, and hopelessness all in one look, without uttering a word, without begging, without knocking on the window. But everything inside of him said, help us. We drove on, and we were crying for an hour. We were crying for so much, Thank God, how do you turn these places that has got no Hope that is just living from one Sasset check to another Sasset check. How do you turn that around? Is it even possible? Is it even possible? God says, With me, anything's possible. We're going to reach out to the broken and forgotten communities. All of what I've shared today is based upon Matthew 28 where Jesus says, go and make disciples. Jesus didn't say, go and build a church. He said, go and make disciples. And this is what it's all built on. And on John 21, as I've already shared, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. That is the instruction. Now I want to share with you guys quite a personal journey. I was 17 years old when my dad passed away. Elizabeth and I'd been saved for about a year and a a bit a year and a a half and uh, I knew I was called but I was still at school and how do you go about what do you do with a calling as a school child what do you what do you do you have a couple of meetings at school and prayer meetings and so on but you don't quite know how to act on it and my dad passed away and it really hurt me and disappointed me and I didn't quite know how things was going to work out for my future and I know exactly where I sent, sat now. if you're ever in Paul Elizabeth and you see the brick uh, shopping center, the Greenacre shopping center, that wasn't fully built yet, and I sat on part of that building site, on a couple of bricks round about a fireplace where somebody, obviously, as they were building, it, made fire there before. And I was just talking to God and saying, "God, what are you doing? How is my life going to work out? What is going to happen?" And God gave me this scripture. Exodus 3, and the Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I've concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, and so on. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And I said, God, what? What does it even mean? I didn't understand anything about being in bondage to addiction. I didn't understand anything about being bondage to generational curses. I didn't understand anything about this. I just said, God, I don't know. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And this is the part that's very important now. And God said, I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And what I then saw in a vision as a young person is an actual functioning church where we are the pastors where I am the pastor. I wasn't married there. And I thought, I can't be. It can't happen. It, I have no money to go study. I have nothing now that my dad's gone and everything's in uproar. And Then I had to go to the army for some time and the vision sort of like died, but it was written in my Bible. and God said to me that one day you will lead a church and that day you will know that this vision is true. That this calling to lead people into freedom is true as that which I see now as a reality. Yeah, in 2022, God showed me that in 1984. God showed me us serving and leading a church. And He said, the way you will know that you are called the way that Moses was called is when you are serving and worshiping me in this place. So tonight when we get together in worship, and like we did just now, understand that it is prophetically God is doing something supernaturally and confirming his word. It's late, so I want to just wrap up quickly. The last principle that must separate Frontline and its affiliates is fathering. Fathers carry a legacy. Shepherds cannot produce sheep shepherds can care for the sheep but they cannot produce sheep. So yes, we are pastors and we are shepherds, we care for. But when we step into the role of saying we are going to father you into the place of legacy, into the place of anointing, into the place of breakthrough, then we carry that inheritance, then we carry that reproduction process. Fathers produce children, fathers produce a legacy and fathers provide safety. And we believe, we don't just get called mom and dad because we think it's fun or, or something. It is because we believe that God has appointed us to really look after that which He has placed inside of each of you. That which has not yet come out. That which the world hasn't seen yet. Our job is to make that vision visible. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 1, Paul says, Timothy, my dear son. And he wasn't his natural son. Live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength, found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. And the next verse, And all that you've learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life, deposit into faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregations the same revelation. So the same way that Paul encouraged Timothy to reach the leaders so that they can touch the congregations, so Mom and I want to operate in that process of saying, let us stand, <coughs> excuse me, stand together with you and believe, God, that you are going to touch many people. It's very late, so I'm not going to, necessarily is silly, Paula, but let's stand up and sing that song, Send Me again and let it be a prayer for each of us we hope that you enjoyed today's message our services are streamed live on our facebook page every sunday morning at 9 30 for more information and resources please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.